Remember when you had to pay to get a lead's phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right, get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. I'm proud to offer premium wireless for just $15 a month. And I'm proud that we have thousands of five-star reviews from customers like Dan D. in New York who writes, I am satisfied customer. How can this only be 15 bucks? He wrote it in all caps. I needed you to feel it like he feels it. I hope I did that justice, Dan. And I hope that you try Mint too at mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 for three months required. New subscribers only. Renew for 12 months to lock in savings. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Hey everyone, welcome to On The Market. I'm your host, Dave Meyer, joined by Jamil Damji, who looks like he's in a very like dark and very, I don't even know where, you, where are you? I'm in a penthouse in the Mirage in Las Vegas. And Ooh. for any of you that right now are shaking your head or feeling like that's very bougie, um, it is, but it is. let me <laughs> very quickly, let me very quickly qualify the bougie-ness of it. Um, so Pace was also in the penthouse in the mirage we're both speaking here at a, at a summit uh however his cost a thousand dollars a night and mine was two hundred dollars a night Woo. because i slipped the front desk girl a fifty dollar bill and asked her if there was any upgrades that's all it took that was it wow good tip from jamel that's awesome well nothing beats it's so dark where you are nothing beats the blackout shades available in las vegas they know that you need to be able to sleep at any time of day and it looks very comfy for you yeah the blackout shades are a double-edged sword because they are also called podcast killers (laughs) did you did you have a rough night last night not a rough night just uh just uh um you know it's vegas man you know, all the things it's all it's so much fun yeah um all right well we've got a fun thing as well to talk about today we have craig o'boyle who's joining us to talk about assumable 
mortgages, which I honestly, I sort of sometimes just group like a lot of creative finance together in my head. And it's so helpful to really understand the differences and nuances between different types of creative financing. And honestly, I didn't really know that there was a big difference between generalized assumable mortgages and sub two, which I know your buddy Pace uh, is, is a big proponent of, but I learned a lot. Did you? Man, I the entire time I'm I'm sitting here thinking, I don't think Craig understands just how, or he does. Uh, but he, I mean, I want to help Craig. I want to help Craig so much. Just like shout shout about this from the rooftops because this is one of those moments where I say, "Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy." <laughs> you just can't wait to you just can't wait to to blow this thing up. I think that there's a massive opportunity here, and I think that if marketed correctly and if educated if you educate agents in the right way we could start creating more activity in the real estate market and so many homes that are sitting on the market stale would trade totally that makes a lot of sense well let's just get into it then we're going to welcome on craig o'boyle who's visiting us and joining from assumption solutions but first we're going to take a quick break Buy low, sell high. Very easy to say, but not always so easy to do. For example, high interest rates are hurting the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices in a lot of markets are falling, even for many of the best assets. So it's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com pockets. Fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make your moves count. Bought a rental? That's a move. Made some serious stock gains? That's a move. Quit your job to go full-time on your side hustle? That's a move. Relocated for a fresh start? Okay, that's literally a move. Your moves made a big difference in your life last year. Now it's time to make the most of your moves. Whether you moved on from a job, made moves in your own business, did some side hustling, or house flipped your way to financial freedom, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction that you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy, and getting your max refund guaranteed. Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. TurboTax will make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest stay. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing or two about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with a reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com backslash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com backslash biggerpockets. 
Greg O'Boyle, welcome to On The Market. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Who are you and uh, what is your expertise related to real estate investing? Well, um, I got licensed in the real estate business as a real estate broker in October of 1995. I was 19 years old, so I've been in a little over 27 years. Um, And um, I guess the reason you have me here today, though, is during that time, uh, I've sat at many a closing table with buyers, and the topic of the assumability of certain mortgages would come up. And it hadn't made sense for a very long time because rates have been sort of dropping. And uh, about early to mid-2022, we went through a pretty big shift in the rate climate. And uh, I started Assumption Solutions with a partner to help people understand and complete mortgage assumptions. All right. Well, very timely of you. (laughs) Let's just start at the top. What is an assumable mortgage? So uh, an assumable mortgage is, uh, well, the only assumable mortgages that exist are government-backed mortgages. So uh, FHA, VA, uh, and USDA uh, mortgages can be assumed. And what that means is when you purchase a property, instead of getting a new mortgage, you take over the existing mortgage at the existing rate and term that are in place. And um, that was something that hasn't really existed in the marketplace since the late 80s, early 1990s. And um, that's because rates have effectively been dropping during that entire time. Uh, We're now in a climate where rates have effectively doubled in just a few short months, and it, it makes sense. Um, the ones that used to be around, uh, you used to have what they called non-qualifying assumables, which a non-qualifying assumable is just like what it sounds like. Anybody basically could say, I want to take that over, jump in, and uh, become responsible for it. Those are all gone. Now, the only assumable mortgages are qualifying assumables, meaning you have to meet the criteria of the mortgage when it was taken out and put in place. And um, yeah, so we're here to help people process those in in transactions. So essentially, what we're talking about is a creative solution to purchasing a property, but by doing it by the book. We're actually going to notify the bank. We're going to let the bank. We're going to we're going to say, "Hey guys, we're I'm taking over this property. I'm not doing it subject to. I'm actually going to take over this property. I'm going to qualify for the mortgage, so that this do on sale gorilla that, for me, is the biggest problem in subject to, is appeased and fed. Is that essentially, Craig, the way that the audience should interpret? This concept of a simple mortgage? Yeah, technically this is, uh, you know, unless it's some kind of private financing or something, this is really the only legal option out there for, for taking over mortgage. And when you take it over, you know, it completely releases the seller uh, and, and original note holder from liability and responsibility and transfers it to the new buyer. How likely is the bank to say yes 
Well, so in our processing of this right now, there's the biggest challenge that we face is the servicers really don't even understand it themselves. They haven't been doing these. They don't have departments for these. So we find that we are actually doing quite a bit of education on their side. And we see uh, them putting out information that is patently false and incorrect often to uh, both the, the owner of the current property and the potential buyer of the property. And so we're trying to, in, in processing these, we're trying to educate them because we actually see a lot of potential liability to servicers for putting out wrong information to people. Uh, because if you basically tell a guy who's got a deal, oh, this can't be done, even though it's part of the, the program that was put in place by VA, FHA, USDA as a benefit to those buyers, you tell them it can't be done and then they can't sell their property or they lose money. Well, I could see an attorney coming along at some point and filing some kind of lawsuit against them. So we're, we're trying to, trying to straighten that out. We're using a lot of resources that, uh, that, uh, these government organizations actually have out there about how it should work. Um, but it's a challenge. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of craziness out in this right now because it's new. So, Craig, just so I fully understand this, uh, assuming a mortgage is basically when the buyer takes over the existing mortgage of the seller, there's two ways to do that. One is subject to, but the problem, as Jamil pointed out, with subject to is that it's not necessarily with the bank's blessing. And there's this clause in most mortgages called the due on sale clause where basically if the bank catches wind of what's happened and for whatever reason decide they want to say, you owe me all the loan balance, like they can do that. That is within their rights. And then what you're doing with these qualifying assumable mortgages is all above board. Um, and so it's just, a, it's like subject to, but it's a little bit less risky. Is that sort of the appeal um, above subject to? Well, if you're the seller of the property, it's it's the best thing you can do if you do it. Now, the, the challenge is, is if you've got a conventional loan, you don't have the option, right? If you don't want to um, get rid of that existing note on a conventional scenario, then I guess your only option is subject to. But if you're the seller of the property and you can let, you can sell it and you can no longer be on that note, it's a huge benefit. Because if you're going on in the future to buy something, it's not going to show up on your on your credit, on your DTI, or any of those in, in, issues because you have been released. Not to mention the issue with if the guy that you let take it over, you know, has any kind of shady nature or doesn't come through on making those payments and it goes to foreclosure, well, that loss is coming on you because you're still on the hook on that note as far as the lender is concerned. Craig, yeah, that that's a great point. I, I, you know, as an investor, you often think of the the implications as the buyer, but as a seller too, it obviously makes more sense. What's interesting is in Canada, which is where I began my journey in real estate investing, they have actually outlawed assumable mortgages, and the reason for it is because the banks and the government in Canada have a very very close relationship. So. It's safe to say that in the long-term scheme of the bank's interest, this doesn't meet the top of the pile. 
given that, who are the advocates for, or who are the processors for the smoothable mortgage? Because I could guarantee that the bank is not going to put out a, a, a person, and they're not going to lend you a, a loan originator to help with this process, especially if we're talking about assuming a mortgage that's 3.5%, where right now they're making money hand over fist at 6 or 7 So what does that process look like, and, and what army of people do you need to bring to the closing table in order to process and actually create this this situation from start to finish sure so there you're you're right there's low motivation on the um the servicer side the people that approve these the existing uh mortgage servicer is the one who ultimately has to qualify receive the packet and and process this and um their their motivation is not high um a, a lot of people that we um work with and train are real estate agents because they are on the front lines with clients who have these um, marketable assets that they're trying to sell, right? And so um, we educate them about the process. And then we, when they have a deal where buyer and seller is trying to do it, we onboard it and we process it. We deal directly with the, the servicer. Um, a lot of the agents are out there going to mortgage brokers to try and get information and mortgage brokers, mortgage bankers, um, loan originators, they have zero interest in being involved in these because they don't make any money. It's kind of like, um, uh, for sale by owners with real estate agents, you know, you, you're generally not part of the equation. Who's got to get greased to make this happen. Essentially what I'm trying to understand is, do I got to pay the loan originator? Do I got to, is there, do I need to make sure that the the real estate agent makes their commission? Well, you do pay you do pay us as okay. a, at Assumption Solutions. Like we <laughs> we charge a fee to both the buyer and seller to get a, a completed assumption, right? And we the the servicers do have the right to collect a fee for processing these. We're finding that truthfully, on average, they're somewhere between a uh, thousand and two thousand bucks. That's a lot less than a loan uh, originator would collect at a new origination, right? So it's lower and it's not as much motivation. But our company is, a born, is born out of something my partner did uh, in the last downturn where it, he created a company that effectively processed short sales on behalf of uh, a buyer and seller to make a, a real estate agent's life easier to get more deals done and dealt with the servicers to get short sales done. Now, this is a lot less of a pain point than that. You know, they were getting those done, but I mean, the servicers in those cases, it was like, how do we limit our loss? At least in this scenario, it's like, okay, we can make a little money. We keep a loan that's on the books going forward. But yeah, they're not, they're not originating a new loan at um, double the interest rate. So not a ton of motivation, and I think that's a little bit behind the fact that they don't have the process in place and the staff in place and even the knowledge base that is in place to do these right yet. And we are, we are, we are trying to shorten that curve and make it, make it simpler. But it's, it's a process that takes, once you start it, anywhere from 60 to 90 days. So now the short sale process, when it was in the heyday, I mean, it could take 6 to 12 months. So we think it's it's 
you know, still better than uh, that that time frame. So because it takes 60 to 90 days, is the type of seller and therefore the type of property that you see go through these transactions, are there unique characteristics about it? Are these distressed properties or is there something unique about them? So you're you're actually not going to be able to complete one on a distressed property. Oh, because it doesn't qualify? Yeah, if the loan is not current, the the it's very unlikely that the servicer will allow it to be assumed. Um, there's there's important things that that your listeners should know, especially since you know you guys are all about the investment side of the world. The only people who can qualify to assume these mortgages are owner occupants. Oh, so if you're coming at this from uh, an investment standpoint, you probably need to be looking at um, okay. I'm going to be an investor who occupies and then turns around and goes to um, uh, an investment down the road after um, a, a, a good, significant period of time so that that loan is, is, is taken over by you as an owner-occupant. I think the main concept here is that the banks make, wanted to make sure that there's not a, like a straw buyer situation where you've, or you're not the straw buyer and saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in this. And then seven months or 10 months or a year down the road, you say, uh, I changed my mind. Well, you know, with regards to uh, a lot of those loans, um, it, it's number one, it's about intent, mm. right? Uh, it's hard to put a time frame on intent, but if you are in there for 30 days and then it's a rental, yeah, I think you could be in some trouble. But a year? Yeah, you know, I mean, um, just talking about VA loans, uh, benefit to a veteran, you know, veterans transfer all the time uh, around the country with their orders. So it's it's very common to see a guy get a house, VA loan, and then the army sends him somewhere six, nine, 12, 18 months later, and it turns into a rental. Matter of fact, in my career, I've, I've helped um, several people. Gosh, I remember dealing with a gal who she was retiring she was stationed in the Pentagon, and she was liquidating 10 or 12 homes around the country that she had bought everywhere she went and was netting out a couple million dollars. Uh, and this was back in probably the early 2000s. So um, the, key, the key with regards to assuming is intent. And if your intent is not to occupy that property when you take it over, then you're in trouble with loan fraud. Well, would this work with like any residential mortgage? So could you do this with a duplex or a quadplex, for example, live in one unit and and live in the others? Yeah. So uh, let's say like FHA specifically. FHA, you can, you can do uh, multifamily pro- properties up to one to four units where you live in one and rent the others out. Um, I actually connected uh, with a gentleman in the bigger podcast um, – is it kind of chat area or, or, or something in there who had some questions because he had a property in Miami that he bought it, lived in, it was a fourplex, lived in it, and um, was looking to, to sell it and was getting a lot of people interest when they put it on the market and mentioned that it was assumable. The challenge was, is all the people that were coming at him, nobody wanted to live in one of the units, right? And so I said, I look at it this way, when you're marketing something to sell, it's like one more asset to the property because 
I, when I put a home for sale, I'm marketing all the assets about it. I'm marketing if it's got updates like a new kitchen, if it's got a great lot, if it's got a great view, and I'm marketing if it's got an assumed mortgage. Doesn't mean it'll sell that way, uh, but it's one more asset to market when you're selling something. And if you're buying something, um, it, if you can go that route, why not jump on it and save? I mean, if you look at rates, your average $400,000 mortgage, I think in November of 2021, the rates were about 3.1%. And by December, November of 2022, they're about seven-ish, right? The difference in payment is $953 a month. And over the life of the mortgage, Craig, what I want to really understand and, and impart to the listeners right now is what is the value of the note? And can I create an opportunity for me as a homeowner? Because you you've, been, you've been using some very interesting language. When you call the note the asset, because he's talking about, you know, I've got a renovated kitchen. I've got a renovated bathroom. I'm, these are all things that add or force appreciation to a deal. You've got a 3.5% mortgage attached to your property. Right now, the market says 7 so over the life of this mortgage, there's a possibility of that gap costing hundreds of thousands of dollars. So what is the value? And how much could a homeowner add to their situation by saying, look, I've got this beautiful asset that I'm going to allow you to take over or, or, or assume the language is beautiful. Assume in this in this sale, but I want this amount of money as a premium in order to allow you to do it. So what's the value of this asset, Craig? Because I think that there's a lot of people right now when the bells are, 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 are ringing in their minds because essentially the retail real estate market is slowed substantially. And if you're a seller right now and you've got an assumable mortgage – now you've got this gorgeous, beautiful, essential asset that you can sell to the to the world. What is the value of this, and and how can some and can you and can you rightfully market it in your in your listing verbiage? Yeah, it, that's a great question. So, I think the value of the asset increases the more people know about it, understand it. Right now, when I talk to people, my my point is that. If you've got two homes next to each other and they're all the same condition, they got the same lot, they got the same view, one's got this conventional non-assumable loan on it, one's got this VA or FHA assumable uh, loan on it, um, and which one should sell for more? In theory, it should be the assumable because like I said, you, at 400 you save $900 a month. Although I'm not sure it's easy to quantify just that you should be, you should list your home higher in the market that we're in, I look at it as you might just be able to sell faster. And that means if you can sell faster, technically you probably sell for more because if your home has been on the market for 60, 90, 180 days, you're likely chipping away at your list price over time. Mm -hmm. Right? So now the more this spreads and the more people start hunting it, um, the more they they sell faster or you're able to say, okay, now we can sell these for more because they're out there. But there are a couple other things that 
make this process a little bit complicated, that it's is also a reason for me it's difficult to say that, yes, it's worth more. So let's talk about um, what we call the assumption gap. So you have the purchase price at 500 and you have a mortgage that exists on the property of 450. We call the difference between those two your assumption gap, which is effectively what you look at as your down payment. The big question that I get from everybody is, can you finance that? Well, there's no guideline with the government organizations that you can't get secondary financing. But what we have found is, number one, good luck finding uh, a lender that's looking to jump into a second mortgage position in the climate that we're in. Um, And then number two, if you are able to find it, it's kind of up to the servicer who's approving the assumption whether or not they'll allow it. Everyone we've been involved with has been a cash down payment to cover the gap. So we, is there an opportunity there for a second, whether it's an owner carry, whether it's, you know, all these other things, potentially, but we're not, we're not out there telling people that that is an easy thing to accomplish because we haven't seen it done yet. So, um, so when you have that gap, right, it does limit the pool a little bit. Right. So you don't have as many buyers, even though you have this other this asset to sell, you don't have as many buyers. Because if you think of a traditional VA FHA loan, they're designed to be low down payment entry points for buyers for 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 people that use them. Now, with what I'm finding is a lot of the people that are going through these, they're 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 what I call kind of the move up person, right? They're 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 selling something, they're coming out of something, they're jumping into these. Uh, products because of the savings and because of the long term makes sense. I mean, we've even seen the best one I've seen, the one that interests me the most that uh, that we've processed that I'm seeing is we have a loan that somebody's taken over that's 15 years old. That means it's half paid down. It's not, it, it's a low rate. It's low below what you could get today. But I just love the fact, and the gap is a half a million dollars, right? But I love the fact that, you know, a mortgage amortization, it's so front loaded interest. Guys jumping in at a low rate where most of the interest on the loan has been paid. I'd love it. I mean, essentially, you're at like one of those very unicorn type situations where you're you're paying down primary, primarily principal at this point, right? If you're if you're halfway through and and you're like you said, the amortization schedule. If you look at any of that, and if you look at the way that those loans are front loaded. It, it can get, it can, it's sickening, yeah. right? It, you realize just how much money you've burnt. Well, they know most people sell within five to 10 years. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, you essentially are a renter for the first 10 years of a house, yeah. uh, of, of, a, of, a, of a, you know, on a purchase. And so this is just incredibly timely. Um, and, and what a wonderful way to, um, to provide a solution for people to A, sell their property and B, as buyers come in and get financing that is just unavailable. Yeah, Craig, I'm curious if if you are a buyer who is willing to meet these conditions, owner occupy, you know, in the bigger pockets world, we call an owner occupied investment house hacking. So if you're willing to do sort of like a house hack, how do you look for this? You know, like I, I, I get that you're saying sort of that it's up to the buyer, excuse me, the seller and the seller's agent to market it. But, you know, if I am bought in and want to, 
find one of these, what's the best way to do that? Yeah. So our efforts in training with real estate agents, number one, we're training people how to expose this asset that they're marketing. Um, in Colorado, Colorado Springs specifically where I'm located, uh, our MLS system has input fields for this where you can input one that's an assumable loan and then details about the loan, the, the PITI payment, the loan balance, the type of loan, all that kind of stuff. Nobody has used those fields in our MLS forever. So they don't even know that, like a lot of the agents don't even know. I mean, most of the agents in the, in the country have been licensed less than 10 years, truthfully, right? And so, so we're teaching them how to put that in there, how to get it marketed. Unfortunately, a lot of the MLS systems don't pump that section of data out to public fields, right? So I can build a client a search when they're looking for a property in our MLS system and it emails them stuff that meets that criteria, right? So if I, if you're looking for X, I can send it to you, but then you'd probably have to talk to me to see it because that the, the, the visualization of that criteria is not on my client's side, unfortunately. I'd love to see some changes in that. Um, um, you know, we're working on a lot of areas of contact for, for getting that out there. But let's just talk about um, finding stuff that maybe isn't on the market that has this potentially, you know, because we're training agents to kind of grow their business by finding those. You know, there's a lot of um, data harvesting kind of mailing list things that you can scrub for when things sold, what type of loans they have in them, all that kind of thing is out there. Um, but in our local market, because we've done so much training, we're probably the most robust with this in the country. And uh, I keep a I keep a search open. I can see every day, you know, a couple more assumable loans on the market. Because in Colorado Springs, we have a huge military presence with multiple military bases here. And between March of 2020 and March of 2022, we had 14,000 VA loans alone in our county, either uh, originated or refinanced, which means their rates are are most likely below three and a half percent, some as low as two and a quarter, right? And that's one county. So there's a ton out there. These products make up approximately between, depending on your location, between uh, 20 and 30% of the marketplace. Um, so it, it, the, the more military related your community or your, your area is obviously the, the more you have because of VA there, but USDA, I think is, it's more of a rural product and it's about 1% of the market. Um, and then, you know, FHA can be used by anybody out there. So, um, finding them, it, you know, you, you really need to hunt down somebody who has access to real estate uh, listings, but also who knows this product. And like I said, we're doing education on this all over the country with with agents because we can process these anywhere in, in the in the country. That's super helpful advice. Very helpful. And and my mind is just like full of so many so many opportunities that that derive from a awareness of the of the availability of your note having this clause in it and secondly being able to execute on that right and so how does somebody in a reasonable way find out whether or not their mortgage is assumable well if if you're it's very obvious if you're a veteran 
and you took out a VA loan, right? Veterans know their benefits, right? Um, if you were a first-time home buyer and you did a low down payment program, such as like three and a half percent, you're most likely FHA. Now, if you don't remember what you have, uh, usually you can um, uh, go to something like a title company and, and run an ownership encumbrance report, which will show you the the debts filed against your property. And uh, VA and FHA are pretty clear on their deed of trust that they're VA and FHA all over them. Um, USDA, I mean, same USDA and FHA are, are almost identical. So same thing there. Um, you know, if you used a conventional product and your, your down payment when you buy your home was over three and a half percent, um, yeah, most likely it's not assumable. So, um, now I do want to, I do want to jump in with one thing that is important to talk about with VA loans. VA is a, a, a veteran benefit right? It, it's only a loan product that is available to a veteran when they take it out new. However, VA can be assumed by a non-veteran. But there's something, there's something that's important to know with that. Uh, VA's process for um, giving loans is, is determining the level of eligibility that a veteran has available to them. So it's kind of like... It, it, you could do it on VA's website, but it, it, it's complicated. So I can't, it's not a dollar amount. I, that's not true. That, that's hard to say. There, there is a, a cap, but your eligibility is kind of, it's regional based. It's got a lot of factors to it. But like, if you let another veteran assume your VA loan, not only are you released from the liability in the assumption, but your eligibility is released as well meaning you can take 100% of your eligibility to get another VA loan in the future. If you go veteran to non-veteran, the eligibility portion that you used in that loan is stuck to that loan until it's gone. So we see scenarios where for some veterans, they won't do anything except veteran to veteran assumptions. However, we see some scenarios where it makes sense. The veterans just like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. Um, the big one I talked about, um, where it's 15 year old note, um, the person selling that home is rather up or up, up in age. They're getting a lot of equity out of the house. They're actually, um, uh, I believe they're downgrading in what they're going into. So, um, they didn't need to use a VA loan again. Um, we've seen scenarios where, you know, some veterans are like, I just need out of the house right? I just want it sold. Whatever sells it first, I don't care. I'm still getting equity. Uh, so I'll go get a conventional loan in the future, right? Um, so that there is a caveat to that. With FHA, USDA, um, there, there's no eligibility issues there at all. So Awesome. That's great. Well, Craig, this has been super helpful. Uh, I'm curious, do you have any other tips for our listeners just when it comes to assumable mortgage or just navigating the the loan climate uh, in 2023 before we get out of here? Um, you know, I mean, the best tip I can have if you want to assume something is it's, it's really good to have your pennies saved up. Uh, either you're coming out of a property uh, and you've got cash to put down, or you've been banking some money uh, away, 
And if you're looking to buy something, why not capitalize on that low rate that's probably never going to come back? Mm-hmm. I mean, unless the government is foolish enough to think that just printing money is a great thing. Uh, hopefully they've learned their lesson on that. I don't know. We'll see. But if you can save, if you've got some some assets or you got some cash saved and uh, you're looking to get into something uh, as cheap as possible that down the road, maybe it makes the sense to turn into a rental, well, it'll cash flow a heck of a lot better with a two and a quarter rate than it will with a six and a quarter rate. All right. Well, that's great advice. Craig, thank you so much for joining us. For people who want to learn more about you or potentially work with you and your company, where should they contact you? Yeah. So our company is Assumption Solutions. Our website is assumptionsolutions.com. We have lots of training. We have lots of info. Uh, we have lots of stuff that's good for whether or not you're uh, a home buyer, a home seller, or a real estate agent. All right. Great. Well, thank you so much, Craig, for being here. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Take care. Jamil, what'd you think? This seems right up your alley. Oh my gosh. I you know, there's so much right now that my mind is it's I, I, I honestly feel like I need to call Craig and I need to figure out how to bring this opportunity to America. In no in no <clears throat> Right now, we're sitting on this massive opportunity where, you know, people are really struggling with affordability. And when you've got an assumable mortgage and a reasonable seller and an educated agent and, and, a, and a buyer who obviously wants to rewind and go back in time and, and, and get that opportunity. Now you could do it. You could go back in time. Yes. This is the assumable mortgage is the DeLorean of, <laughs> yes, of <it> is. <laughs> lending products. Yeah, it's amazing. It's super cool. Yes. What, so do you, I mean, I guess the only thing I was a little bummed about was to hear that's only for owner occupants. That and then secondly, just the qualification process and the like unmotivated nature of the, the whole process. Because here's the thing, right? This is where I've, I always find inefficiencies happen is when we don't pay people mm-hmm. or people aren't aren't being monetized or being taken care of through the process and they're so they're not incentivized yeah they're not incentivized right so then when you if you ever work in a situation um or if you've ever tried to navigate a situation where people aren't incentivized uh, i can i can help everybody right now f- understand what that feels like go to a government office <laughs> and try to do something <laughs> totally yeah right and so you'll see that lack of motivation from everybody working there mm-hmm. because there's no incentivi- there's no incentivization and so that piece i feel like is going to create so much clunkiness or, or 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 make this more difficult than we might think that it could be you know yeah then it has to be right like this seems like it could be easier and right. we would all wish that is what would just happen is the easiest thing but to me this just seems like a just like tailor-made for people who want to make their first investment like if you Agreed. have saved up some money and you're sitting around thinking like how do i get in it's expensive it's like listen is this is for people who want to own or occupy we all know house hacking is one of if not the best way for people to get started in the first place right. you can house hack plus get an interest rate from a year ago 
that is going to increase. They said for a $400,000 home, Craig just said that that's going to increase your monthly cash flow by nearly $1,000, right? That's probably more than most people pay in rent currently. No. Like that's That would be a huge saving. So if you are new to real estate investing, I think that is that is huge. And then I think the other main lesson here is, you know, through the Bigger Pockets Conference and a few other things, I've learned that a lot of our audience here on, on the market is real estate agents. Right. And to me, this is just a gold mine for real estate agents. Big time. Like if, Big time. If you have a selling contract for a, a qualifying mortgage, like this is worth, they just said, it's worth twelve grand a year. And for an owner-occupant, if this is a home buyer coming in to buy this, they stay on average seven years. Seven times 12, was that? $84,000. That's eighty four grand on average that it would be worth for $400,000 homes. Is that the, that's the entire life of the mortgage? No, that's seven years. That's like the average amount of time people stay in, stay in a mortgage. Okay. But if they're going to stay longer, it's worth even more. So it just seems like know what you got. Especially, you know, if you're an agent or a seller. If you have one of these qualified mortgage, that is extremely valuable. I, I couldn't agree with you more, Dave. I feel like this is the peacock feathers of a property right now. And I, I think that there's a massive opportunity, especially with real estate agents feeling the crunch right now. A lot of you might be listening to this and sitting on a, on a house right now where you haven't had an easy time selling it. You've got a seller who has a terrible situation and wants to sell or whatever's going on. And, and there's that, there's this gap in, in information and, and execution real estate agents that are listening to this, please do some homework, get a hold of Craig and see if there's an opportunity there. Yep. Absolutely. Great advice. Well, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate you being here for anyone who wants to uh, connect with you. Where should they do that? Well, I'm always findable on Instagram at J-D-A-M-J-I. That's at J-D-A-M-J-I. Also, I have a YouTube channel where I go live and help people underwrite and learn all about the real estate investing that I do, which is a niche called wholesale. And you can find me at youtube.com slash Jamil Damji. Awesome. And if you have any questions for me or thoughts about this episode, please reach out to me on Instagram where I'm at the Data Deli. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time for On The Market. On The Market is created by me, Dave Meyer, and Kaylin Bennett. Produced by Kaylin Bennett. Editing by Joel Esparza and Onyx Media. Research by Pooja Jindal. And a big thanks to the entire Bigger Pockets team. The content on the show On The Market are opinions only. All listeners should independently verify data points, opinions, and investment strategies.